0: If God had wanted Perez Hilton to have children, he wouldn't have made him that gay.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, hello, everyone. Welcome back. Um... Today, we're talking about surrogacy. I'm here with Sam and River. We were just joking about them uh, getting ready to get into women's business or um, be the customers, I guess. We're going to hear from the customer perspective.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the customer is always right. Yeah. <laughs> Keep that in mind.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and so this is like this is something that uh we've all been thinking about um there's been some twitter fights over it uh sam's done a podcast on its issue in the lgbt community and i recently became interested in it because i took a class in contracts and we were learning about how there was a contra- controversy about enforcing surrogacy contracts in Canada. I don't really know what the U.S. laws are, um, but do you guys want to? Well, go around, even though you both have been on the pod before, <laughs> we'll go around, uh, introduce yourselves and uh, tell tell the audience why you're interested in this topic.
2: OK, I'll go first. Um, I'm Sam from Twink Rev. Um, I don't want children ever, but I feel like it's a fun topic to, like, point out the logical inconsistencies of, like, LGBT rights, which is just, like, liberalism taking over, like, an actual, like, material struggle of gay rights. Um, Yeah, I don't know. The more I've learned about it, kind of, like, sex work, I've realized, like, how fucking stupid left is on his issues and uh, <laughs> like it's just like oh let's like make make all the women just like giant puppy male breeders and we're just gonna like lock them in a factory to make gay couples and like the Hamptons like babies <laughs> yeah well,
1: there's kind of a simultaneous um like there's like a women aren't baby incubators thing when it comes mm-hmm. to like pro-life pro-choice stuff like you always hear that but then with surrogacy it's like women are baby <laughs> incubators <laughs> Anyway, you know, you know that yeah. is. Mm-hmm. What about you, River?
0: Uh, so I'm River. Uh, I'm a contributing editor at Twink Revolution. I became interested in this issue because I feel like it's the final frontier, sort of, of like <laughs> capitalist expansion. Like at, at this point, there's really nothing that's uh safe from the market, and we talk a lot about the extremes to which like social reproduction has been pushed to the forefront in the absence of like an industrial economy. And this is like literal reproduction being commodified instead of just so many of the other things that we see now that normally people would have just done themselves or they would have relied on the family to do. Um, And so this is, I think an extension of that in some ways, but in other ways it's, it's kind of a whole new uh, frontier. And once you tease out the logic of it, it, it brings, it just raises so many questions and I I find it fascinating for that reason.
1: Yeah. It's something, I mean, it reminds, and I think like Sam and I, having both been libertarians have probably been exposed to similar arguments um, that, you know, there is really um, a desire to make everything susceptible to the market, including like we were discussing before, organs or legalizing uh, organ markets. So I feel like that's another sort of final frontier as well. But what's interesting about this one is it's kind of yeah it gets really into the family and it gets so like in Canada one of the issues we have is the enforcement of the surrogacy contracts because what happens is you know someone might agree to be a surrogate and then they will give birth to the baby and then not want to give the baby up so the courts have been reluctant to enforce that as a contract because it's kind of like you are taking away a baby from somebody that's giving birth. Um, The counter to this is, well, you signed a contract and what if it's not even your eggs and you're just carrying it for someone else, then should that be enforceable? Um, What do you guys think is one of the big challenges to these sorts of discussions?
2: Well, I think when you look into the regulations around what's allowable in surrogacy, it's kind of just outright commodification of a woman's womb. Like, they can force, like force abortions if it's, like, a Down syndrome child. They control, like, how often they visit the doctors, like, the way the person has birth. And there's not a lot of say. And it kind of, the only argument you have to, like, oh, well, the child must go to the people who paid for it because it's like their property or whatever, which is like they're commodifying like natural human body parts and behaviors. And it's, it it seems like it's not beneficial for the women in a way it's legally structured at all.
0: I think that there's like two components to this. One was the, the commodification of the womb and like, the the sort of like labor issues if you want to call if you want to consider it labor that like go along with that i think that's what sam was touching on i kind of have been thinking about it a lot as okay what is the product if this is labor what is the product and the product is a child i'm sure this is uh the law in canada too but i know in the united states It's illegal to buy a child. You cannot pay a woman to put up her child for adoption. (laughs) Uh, It's
1: totally legal here. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: And and I mean, like, this is a thing that actually some people have done and, like, gotten in trouble for is, like, you know, finding, like, a teenage girl or whatever and being like, I want a baby. I'll give you $10,000. If you put up your baby for adoption, let me adopt it that's illegal and I think it should be illegal because it's you know coercive um but for whatever reason like that never seems to get applied to discussions with this people who defend it on the left people who defend it on the right it's just like uh this is a contract it's like the Ayn Rand like everything can be a contract <laughs> sort of thing and you can sell yourself into slavery if you want or whatever but like on the left it's uh you know these women are workers and it's just like being like a waiter or like an uber driver or whatever uh and it's not but there's never any discussion from either circle about like what is actually being paid for because it's not the labor because if you don't give up the child like you're not going to get paid or if you have an abortion, you're not going to get paid. And many times if you even have a miscarriage, you're not going to get paid. Especially if they can find a reason not to pay you for it. Like, oh, they found out you like smoked a cigarette or like put yourself in like a, a situation that resulted in you having a miscarriage. Uh, like you, you uh, put yourself in a stressful situation or something like that so what you're actually paying for is not the labor what you're paying for is the product which is a baby so i don't really understand how this is not child buying
1: yeah it really it it does resemble that and i think you know it kind of speaks to um there's a, a a huge sort of debate about freedom of contract that you know, I initially thought was the domain of libertarians, but it actually does seem to be part of the left today. And I think you know, and Sam and I have talked about this is like the left uh, and libertarians are becoming increasingly the same thing um, in a lot of respects. And so, you know, when we talk about freedom of contract, we we say, well, like anything could be a contract um whether that includes sex work or not and like early critics of the libertarian conception of contracts were saying well you shouldn't be able to contract into making life choices that are damaging to you and that used to be like the leftist perspective but i think increasingly it's it's not as much and there's been you know, especially with like the Oregon market things where it's been like, okay, well, you have to, like, I remember being at a uh, libertarian event and there was a debate about the Oregon things and someone expressed, was, there was a leftist who expressed indignation, like, oh, that's so terrible that like you guys want to legalize organ markets. And someone else said, um, well, don't you want to legalize sex work? Like, how come you can... Uh, how come you can contract into sex work but not organs? It's the same thing, it's like your body or whatever. And the person was like, "Yeah, actually, it's true. That's a good point." So I feel like you know the left would rather uh, go closer to like the libertarian conception of contract. They would rather do that than like give up like the ostensible social progressivism behind something like uh, sex work or behind now something like surrogacy which is now seen to be as like an LGBT issue as well. So I'm wondering what you guys are thinking. It's like like uh, in the LGBT discourse, is this seen as like a right? Is it seen as something that is like a progressive issue? And what are the sort of tensions that are, are going on right now?
2: I definitely think it's being framed as a right for Primarily, gay is because like lesbians can get like sperm and like get pregnant, but the gay men can't reproduce. Like, <laughs> um, like even when you look up like the way certain websites frame the topic around like in vitro fertilization or like surrogacy, like on Wikipedia, for example, they'll have the tally list for countries and it'll put a big red X on basically every country except for the few that have it because it's viewed as like a right for gays and lesbians to have you know surrogacy but it's really superseding women's rights to advance like the gay man's rights which I feel like is kind of funny because all these people are the same ones who are like the girl boss like yes Hillary like (laughs) um and it's really dark because I feel like so much of Europe's kind of Cracking down even more like Sweden doesn't allow altruistic surrogacy even uh, because it's been found to have lots of like hidden payments. So all the same problems just hide into this alternative, which is supposed to be commodified free, but we live in capitalism. So of course it's gonna always interject itself. Um, Are you here about like a Japanese businessman bought like I think 14 babies from a Thailand like breeding factory for babies and no one knows why he just suddenly bought 14 babies like um, and we like that's the system people are trying to impose on the primarily poor and like global self women which is also apparently problematic because um, you can't frame it as a woman's issue I've that way and they get called like a turf or exclusionary non-binary you know like it's really just to shut- yes I've had it happen multiple times and I'm like um like sure there could be some but like overall it's mostly women and they're just trying to shut down the conversation by using LGBT rights language to prevent discussion around it
1: yeah that seems very like obsessive and semantic yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and There are uh, LGBT rights groups who do support surrogacy, like pretty openly. I believe HRC does. And I think it really goes to show where the priorities of sort of liberal gay rights organizations lie and who they're serving because the average cost of surrogacy in the United States is like, I just looked it up 90 to $130,000. And, you know, that's like mortgage levels of debt that are being paid in cash. You have to be really wealthy to just have that much money lying around. And then also money on top of that to support the child when you actually have it. So, this is an elite issue. Even if you are doing it in the third world, which is cheaper, I'm assuming, that's why people do it, it's still thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in time. And it's still an elite issue. So I think that to pretend that the average lgbt person has a stake in this issue is just asinine
1: yeah i think that tends to happen a lot too with like just any sort of identity issue as is it's always like assuming that it's like the elite of that identity because it's like i highly doubt that like the average lgbt person is going to be the ones that are affording surrogacy and I think also it's like, you know, you see people who aren't LGBT that make use of it. Like, I think Kim Kardashian had a surrogacy baby uh, or two. I don't know. I haven't I haven't kept track, but I think it's like, it's not just a matter of like LGBT. I, I almost feel like in making it an LGBT thing solely, it kind of um, serves to like, silence the criticism of it, because then it seems like, oh, you're saying, like, we don't want LGBT people to have babies, which is not necessarily the case. So what kind of alternative arguments are put forward in that respect? Like, would you advocate for adoption instead? Or, uh, I guess, like, yeah, with lesbians, they don't have that problem, but... (laughs)
2: Well, I feel like the issue with, so I, I don't support um, commercial surrogacy and I'm not sure about like, altruistic. I think under capitalism, I'm less favorable to it, but maybe in a socialist thing, you could have that whole thing. Or I've seen like multiple parents. So, like, the woman who circuits is also guaranteed full parental rights along with the gay couple. Um, Which I think is an option. But also, like with adoption, which is primarily the only way people can have babies, like we also don't want people to keep having babies pushed into adoption. Like that means they're having like fucked up childhoods or dead parents or whatever. And like we don't want that to be a continuous system anyway. So it's like kind of need to grapple, like maybe in our like ideal world where that's less of a thing a lot of gays will have to find other ways to feel like they can take care of people. And I feel like as we've destroyed the broader family, we have that idea of like, it must be my nuclear family or like maybe your siblings or your friend's children could be the replacement. Like we don't need to have our own, but like can use those like desires to help other children. You know what I mean? Awesome.
0: Yeah. I think adoption is a good issue or uh, like a good alternative to that because I mean, in the United States, there's thousands of children who are in foster care and all kinds of stuff. And, and people don't want to adopt out of that system because they feel that the kids are one older and two are going to have a lot of problems But my kind of feeling on that is like, if you really want a child, you should just be prepared to deal with that because you don't know, like, I mean, what, what's going to happen to a child, even if it was like your own biologically, it could still, they could still have problems. And uh, I think it's altruistic. I think it would be better for the society if we didn't have thousands of children growing up in, in foster care and then being just sort of thrust out into the world with those support. Um, but yeah, I actually want to say, I did read uh, one article one time about actually a lesbian couple that was uh, utilizing a surrogate, but also a sperm donor. And so they were essentially paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for a child that wasn't even genetically theirs. And they were asking whether or not it was problematic that the sperm donor was part Latino.
1: It was like one of those
0: like ask what birdie or whatever columns. It was one of the most insane things I've ever read in my life. And I think people are have just have such an aversion to adopting a child that they feel like, like, Ooh, like it comes from, like, there's a poor people's kid or something or like um, adopting a, you know, a, a child that isn't like an infant that they'll go to these extreme links. I just find it kind of fascinating in a way, but, but also, deeply problematic and it seems almost like they view the experience as uh of like being a parent as as like a as like a product or like the baby as like a product that has to be perfect and as we get into like the age of gene editing and scientific advancement on that front i think it's you know even more troubling
1: yeah like you see um you know even like when people are looking for like obviously taking a sperm donation is not the same thing as as surrogacy but you see like a sort of like oh I want like the sperm to be from like a Harvard grad or something like, like that but that story with the oh is it okay if it's Latino like that is insane to me that that's like the sort of thing that they're worried about like there's kind of something else going on here um I think you know it's it's also interesting because I felt like you know maybe 10 years ago the idea of like gay adoption was such a big debate and now we don't really like now it's not really except for like maybe like a Matt Walsh tweet or something that's like you know worried about gay adoption you don't really see that as being in the spotlight anymore and now it's kind of more like surrogacy like how can we enforce surrogacy contracts or like what kind of rights do people have to surrogacy i think something that's really interesting about the debate as well is the sort of international component as like i think river alluded to if you um get a surrogate from the global south it is cheaper and i think that this is kind of you know reproducing a lot of imperial dynamics um so to what extent is this a thing like is this something that uh is this a service that americans make use of like do you guys want to explain this sort of um international component
2: so the two biggest places until I think around 2019 for international surrogacy was Thailand and India, where it's kind of like the sweatshops of like women just like live in these facilities and they have their babies, but they're like, they're not even their genes are just kind of impregnated and like they race in Indian and usually like European or American couple will go because just for Europeans, they can, It's adoption, but it's outside of the country so they can bring them in because they can't have surrogates in their own countries. Um, Both India and Thailand have severely cracked down because of so many scandals. Um, But like the Japanese businessman buying like 14 babies, like that's got a lot of media attention. So they're both cracking down pretty heavily on the industries. U.S. still has pretty liberal laws on surrogacy, so it's not as big of an issue. But for, like, European bourgeois and petty-bouge, like, straight couples and, I guess, gay couples, that's the place to go. Um, Yeah, I don't really know about the rest of the world. I feel like the rest of the world's pretty one-sided on the issue, while, like, a few countries like the U.S. and India and stuff were much more tolerant of the commodification of women's wombs. (laughs) Well, there's
0: entire multinational like corporations or agencies, Mm -hmm. for-profit agencies, of course, set up to facilitate these surrogacies. I mean, if you just Google surrogacy abroad, you'll get Google display ads. Here's one of them. It says that they have branches in Laos, Cambodia, Georgia, and Kenya, and Myanmar. Um, So any color you want, looks like. Um, They've had almost 600 customers. I mean, this is, you know, a... This is a global industry. And it seems... As though they will set up shop in pretty much any country that will allow them to do it, and it's troubling. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really know what else to say about it. I mean, um, there's no international consensus on on this issue. Um, the United States is. What it pro- I, I think, like as Sam was saying, I think I think we're pretty much the only um, highly developed country in which this is like legal or like common at the very least. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's just insane.
1: Yeah, I think what's really troubling to me about the international component as opposed to like say like having a american surrogate or canadian surrogate is like there's really um there's a lot less legal recourse if you are um like first of all there's a class component regardless because if you're a surrogate for like like it's like a well-off couple there is probably you know there's probably reasons why you are signing your body up for this because like pregnancy is not something that you take on lightly it actually it's can be quite dangerous um so there's there's that component as well but if you're you know if you're an American and you're a surrogate you can take it to the American court so like in Canada you know the court might refuse to enforce the surrogacy contract. Um, there's laws about kind of like, you know, there's a lot of ways here that contracts cannot be enforced, whether that's through unconscionability or through illegality. But like if you were a surrogate from like Myanmar or India, i like what legal recourse do you have? If like, you know, the, these people can just exert whatever power they have over you. And so this seems like again, like another huge. Uh, like end result or you know a uh, culmination of both capitalism and like liberalism in one
0: and particularly in like the third world if you do decide for moral reasons or because of like emotional attachment or whatever that you don't want to give the baby up even if you can manage to get the contract annulled you also now have a child that you have to provide for but you might not be able to especially since you're you haven't gotten paid for the past nine months of quote-unquote labor that you did and uh, what do you do with that you know
2: it's also the issue of because so many of these countries may have more like semi-feudal kind of policies like what is abortion access like if you do want to no longer have to take care of it because of health reasons or whatever? Like, I mean, you could easily make like a Latin American country where abortions heavily restricted. They get basically impossible for the woman now to actually end the pregnancy. So like you have that issue as well. Like, even if they like want to have no longer a baby, they can't because of, Um, restrictions on reproductive access
1: yeah and i don't know about latin america but i know like in countries that have like you know heavy uh inequality and that uh, restrict abortion if you are wealthy enough you can get an abortion like it's not an issue it's not like like the illegality of it doesn't really make a difference um whereas you know if you're again if you're the type if you're the person like if you're someone that's going to be volunteering to be a surrogate you're probably not going to be the kind of person that can access abortion this is also I mean this is an aside but this is like why the abortion issue in in Canada and like the U.S. seems so like uh, like unrepresentative of so many people because like the people who are so loud about having abortion rights are people who i'm like you can probably like even if they make it illegal like you can probably get it anyway like if hillary clinton or chelsea clinton wants an abortion i'm sure like she could get it if it's illegal or whatever but then i guess that gets me thinking about surrogacy as well because it's like okay well then let's say that it's not legal or not allowed or that we crack down on it then how are we going to prevent From like truly would the same kind of exploitation be able to be reproduced or what kind of laws do you guys envision as something that might you know counteract it
2: I mean I feel like certain issues like these you're always going to have the like black market aspect and I think we need to kind of accept that and that is until we have a structural change from like you know, an area of, like, profit and, like, capitalism, that it's going to be the reality. Because, I mean, I was talking about the sex trade and, like, how, like, parts of Europe are, like, child sex trafficking, like, hotspots. And they were, like, well, because the police are finally cracking down because it's got so bad, they're just going to other places, like, online and stuff. And it's, like, yeah, but you still go after them. They're still committing crimes. Like... They're they're always going to move around to avoid being caught, but you still like you don't you don't say oh well um, people are murdering and and they're going to do it more secretly now because you cracked down so we shouldn't do anything. It's like no, some libertarians (laughs) might do that. (laughs) Yeah, um,
0: I do I do think it's kind of a difficult question though of if you do ban it and there's an underground practice how, what do you do when you catch somebody like do you force the woman who's probably doing it for economic reasons to keep the baby and you know especially if it could be like a financial burden or they just don't want a child or or, or whatever or do you give it to the surrogate parents and then just like find them it's 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 like what do you do what happens like to the child that comes as a result of that because like it's not their fault you know Mm -hmm. um I, i think that becomes a very complicated issue um i don't think that i have like a solution for that but you could in the formal practice which facilitates it and makes it so easy um, for for people to do it and I I don't think it would be quite as prevalent if it were just an underground thing because of the contractual issues that's why people do it um, through these agencies is because they want assurance that they're going to get what they're paying for and I think if you end that, a lot of people probably would just, you know, out of all the sort of anxieties that come along with, like, oh, is she going to, like, change her mind or whatever, they would just either adopt or just not pursue parenthood at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I, I remember, like, one of the arguments for legalizing Oregon markets or whatever was like you would do it through your health insurance provider this was an American argument because here we don't have these like I anyway health insurance is different here but this guy was like um saying like you know in in the U.S. the way I take it is like you each have your own individual health insurers and um like the model that he proposed was like you would um through your health insurer so you wouldn't like organize it directly with the person you're buying the organ from it would be like you make a request to your insurer and they get it for you and like the person was arguing like this would um, make it safer because then like this person would be vetted by the health insurer but then yeah I mean that's a good point as well like it would all, also make it probably more common because it's very easy to just make a request through your insurer um I think when it comes to like you know the contracts it's definitely like the idea of what like courts being reluctant to enforce it I think could serve as a good check so like you know it might not stop the initial contract from forming but it would stop the mother like the actual person carrying the child from like having to be bound to it um though I envision a bad reaction from people on that especially if they're like an LGBT couple and like you know they might invoke some other kind of political issue on that front
2: wife like touched on it as well like what happens to the child afterwards I feel like because the class people doing this primarily is so wealthy like why do we think much would change if like it was the st- stage taking care of them like like in a way that's like more sustainable like right now we like privatized like foster systems and stuff so it's complete garbage but like the children and these rich families are going to just have immigrant nanny is and like go to boarding schools and stuff. Like you're never actually gonna like always be taken care of by the parents because this class people don't view it as their responsibility. They can have their like Gia Tolentino, like Filipino nanny or human traffic to that country and like locked in the house of the child. So it's like I don't know, like the state can take care of them if they really wanted to, but they don't have an incentive to because that costs the same class of people pushing this industry to pay more taxes or fees or whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's like a problem in general, I think, with rich people viewing children as accessories and not performing any of the actual labor that goes along with Raising a child. Um, And it also, this is particularly, I think, a problem for like heterosexual couples. It's also a way for either like actual elites, like business elites, or the upper echelons of like the professional class to. like to solidify their position and to like advance themselves and not actually have to live like normal people and make decisions that other people have to make. And And it just further creates a gulf between the people who rule us and like the actual working class. Because if you're a woman who can afford to have a surrogate you you can just you know not have to worry about like you can just pursue your own career and not have to actually sacrifice anything except for a little bit of money
1: yeah and yeah go ahead well it, it kind of makes me think like okay this is an interesting sort of state of affairs or like hierarchy that's been created because you see like early um, feminist critiques of like, like liberal feminist critiques um, that are saying like, well, women are like the wage gap and what blah, 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 like women are um, behind because like we have to take nine months off um, and we have to take maternity leave and that makes us behind in our career And so, like they kind of cite, you know, having a child as something that holds them back in their career, and it just seems like such a um, very like predictable, almost liberal capitalist result that like the next thing to do is to like load that burden off on poorer women and say like, okay, like you're gonna be the one that you know takes this hit for my career. And so you're just kind of passing the sort of like so-called oppression, um, you know, down a level rather than actually creating a state of affairs where, you know, like having a child wouldn't be a big burden on your ability to make money to begin with. Um, But yeah, and that kind of leads me to Another thing that I kind of wanted to cover was like, how would, what would a socialist vision look like in terms of dealing with a problem of surrogacy? Obviously we want to be concerned with making it so that people are not vulnerable enough to feel like they have to do this, but what else would you guys be envisioning?
2: Well, I think for starters, hopefully actually acknowledge the like women question is actually a class question. Like the reality is, women and men were split because women were the subjugated class. That's they did the domestic labor while men didn't have to. But I think if the if the socialists and like the West do take power, I don't think it'll change anything because they're all on board with all these issues that subjugate women because capital has been so effective at branding as woke. I mean surrogacy and sex work and even feudal customs like the veil are all considered like woke acts when like the old school socialists, feminists and whatever, we're all like, at least like like recognizing these aren't good. These are things we should put in the path of history versus like treat as liberatory options for women. It just, I think it's it's kind of the end conclusion of like liberalism. and hopefully, a socialist state would actually brutally crush those ideas.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, I think that there should be a right to exit for people who are in surrogacy. Like, if you are, well, I mean, first you should ban it, but then, like, if it goes underground, the people who are doing it. Who are providing the service should be able to decide whether or not, if caught or whatever the case may be, whether or not they actually want to keep the child. And if they do, they should have the support uh, of the state in raising that child, feeding that child, caring for that child, just like I think everybody should. And I do think a big problem in the United States as you were alluding to Mila about like women not being able to, you know, it's setting women's careers back by having children and, and all that, which I do sort of bristle at that critique often because it comes typically from like professional class women. But I, I, that being said, I do think that you should have maternity care or like paid maternity leave because even if you are just a minimum wage employee with no intentions or frankly prospects of advancing your career i do think if you have a child you should be able to have time to one recover from the you know bodily toll that childbearing <laughs> takes and also to bond with your child to spend time with you know, an infant, which requires constant 24-hour supervision. And beyond that, that there should be universal childcare programs that are paid for by the state. I, You know, we're living in a post-industrial economy now. The idea that, you know, women should – that women – you know, are the ones who perform this, uh, you know, domestic labor and like social reproduction and all that. Uh, It's kind of outdated. It's all, and it's not necessarily because of feminism. I think it's because people can't afford to support a family off one income anymore, even if they want to. And so women have to work. And so I think that you should still have the option to raise a child with dignity without pushing yourself into poverty
1: yeah like that has a huge impact on a child in a way like you know we were talking about adoption but like what kind like it, it has a huge impact on the child if you're not able to you know parent them as well and it, it, yeah it definitely is like um I guess like one of the things that I was thinking of and I I can't think this might have been an Audre Lorde book but like she was talking or maybe Angela Davis like one of the um, socialist feminists Um, they were talking about how like there was an academic conference um, full of like women talking about feminism and all those women had kids and like their kids were being taken care of like you know a lower class women like taking care of their child and so like they had to sort of like, they pass on their responsibilities and basically like their ability to partake in a way that views them as men's equals. is just like causing the subordination of most, like the majority of women in society. And so it's like, I guess my my view is not like the, uh, these like professional women have like a moral right to like you know advance uh, or whatever. I don't think that's what women's liberation looks like, but it, it definitely seems like they there's an incentive that's created and like for them to try and like, you know, become basically male capitalists and for like, (laughs) and for them to basically end up subordinating other women in the process. And I think, you know, when it comes to child rearing, that's a huge thing. And it's not even like just surrogacy, but child care as well. Um, It's, yeah, it's, it's tragic.
2: I feel like everyone's trying to overcomplicate the issues as well like it's like women want the same thing every other person want like we all want education and jobs and houses and child care is not just for women it's also for men like their single fathers or whatever um, like, like Catherine Liu also like just brought up a basic point and like when I talked to her on Twink Rev about the two things you could have at a meeting is food and child care like it's not that difficult to like be accommodating to women and giving them like equal status and like the left or just general society at all.
0: Yeah. And I think that the second wave feminist idea of having it all, like you can have it all, like as a woman, it's like, no, you can't have it all. Nobody can have it all. Like, you know what I mean? Um, and it's understandable. A lot of, you know, these women who did want to have like careers and couldn't because there was actually, you know, back then a culture where, you know, you people would just fire you for like being pregnant or, or whatever. Um, but we don't really have that that much anymore. Now it's kind of like, not only are you, it's sort of been flipped on its head. It's like, they wanted, like you can have it all. But now it's, like, you must have it all. And this, I think, is what leads to, to, to things like surrogacy. Because people can't come to grip with their own limitations. And it's it's part of, like, a broader sort of narcissistic culture, if you want to, like, get into Lash or whatever, about, like, people seeing themselves as pure individuals in pursuit of their own happiness without any regard to the bar society or a commitment to a family or to an idea or a a future for anyone besides themselves. And another thing, as you were saying with, with the, the conference example that you gave, like um, even if you can, manage to have it all as a woman or like a gay man or whatever. um, There's somebody else who can't have it all. Like that's, (laughs) that's how power and resources work, you know, um, under capitalism is that pretty much every like power is a limited resource. And it always comes at the expense of somebody else. You know, if someone, if you are having children and not taking care of them, somebody else is, well, who's taking care of their children? You know what I mean? And unless you have, you know, a socialist childcare system, like literally there's always going to be somebody who's, not going to be able to have it all in in terms of like parenting
1: and and all that yeah and what you said about lash is this is i I, he came to my mind as well and I, i had made a joke a few days ago about how both like chris lash and chris hedges have been really influencing um my views on religion and i think like something that hedges writes about that kind of relates to this is how like scientific progress has made us like kind of like hubristic and like drunk on like this sort of idea of you know what we can do with science and he like critiques the new atheists who kind of like view like think that science is just going to take us everywhere and like you know solve the world and it kind of like surrogacy seems like such a good example of that where it's like okay yeah like now this is going to solve you know professional women's problems in the workplace by being able to like put their pregnancy on someone else this is gonna like like look at how let's marvel at these like technological advancements that allow us to like become our own little ubermensch so to speak <laughs> like our own individual and like cultivate ourselves as becoming and like perfect ourselves and you know look into like the individual and he's like hedges talks about how it's like this like enlightenment ideal like that's like we've all gotten like drunk off of and like I kind of that's like my wording the drunk stuff not him but that's kind of how I (laughs) interpret it and it's like I I really see uh, both the two Chris's have been really (laughs) getting me to to think about you know there's some wisdom and in like the humility that preceded this sort of age of like surrogacy or age of like scientific advancement. There's a humility in it that we don't, that we've kind of lost sight of.
0: And like outsourcing so, I mean, so much social reproduction uh, to the lower classes has allowed people to fuel this sort of narcissism that like Lash was talking about where they can pursue their expertise and their like um, own individual desires and, and goals and all that, which is in the PMC dominated, uh, you know, post-industrial America, a specific subset of skills. Um, all of that like comes at the expense of a, uh, I believe how he terms it is like the decline of competence Or just like general competence, like people not knowing how to cook their own food or like, you know, uh, change a tire or clean their own house. So, you know, there are services essentially now for pretty much anything you can think of that most normal people would just do themselves. And but because you know half of our economy now is just doing those things for rich people, it comes at the expense of like the own uh, the working classes own like families. That's part of the reason why sort of uniquely, I think in the United States, uh, you know, obesity is so much more prominent among the lower classes than the upper class because you know you're so busy, cooking for rich people and cleaning their houses and taking care of their children that when you get off work, you have to go pick up McDonald's for your own kids because you're so exhausted and, you know, underpaid and, and everything that you can't, um, that you can't go home, cook like a fresh meal with, you know, wholesome ingredients and, and whatever. Um, and that's just like one example of it, but there's others
1: as well there's like convenience sort of things that like people view as a triumph of capitalism um, that I've seen a lot. Um, And like, I remember going to a libertarian talk and like the guy was talking about how capitalism is like, um, has been like the main cause of like emancipation of women because it invented the washing machine and like that allowed, uh, you know, women to not have to spend all day like washing stuff. Um, And I feel like, you know, with surrogacy, it's like, I mean, so obviously when you're using a washing machine, you're not like exploiting somebody like economic vulnerability. But my point is more like, you know, there are these like ways of convenience that have been created that like we kind of think are like these triumphs, but that's actually like, you know, feeding our hubris and our I think also making us kind of incompetent.
2: Well, the convenience also makes us further reliant on giving away all of her money to the same class, forcing us into wage labor. like River talked about like we don't have the same skills our, our parents had and stuff. like well, it's, it's lesson of like austerity in education. like in my school, like all of the like life skilled classes were like eliminated after like the austerity campaigns. Like there's like, children don't know how to have the cooking classes or how to like build shit and like shop class, so, like even like basic skills like gardening. And our parents can't teach us because they're like working their asses off and then they come home and they are like, I'm gonna make some box mac and cheese and we're gonna watch TV and that's gonna be it. And it's so, like like of course everyone's like a giant a baby adult. Like there's no way for them to like, escape it without like taking action and like some responsibility for themselves.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, and that like leads to a society where you have like a class of people who know how to build like a computer from scratch but don't know how to clean their own fucking toilet or like change like <laughs> the oil in a car and it's just like what like it's insane um and I think that is also I mean it kind of I think has a I don't want to say spiritual, but like, like a psychological effect on people. I I think it makes people like less confident and puts people behind because I mean, there are even things that like, I like, feel like I should know how to do that. I just don't know how to do that. I know that like my, my parents know how to do. And like, they don't spend money on like getting that done and like, but I have to, (laughs) you know, and um, just like the hyper specialization of every aspect of the economy now is just so vast and it's, and and you have to keep it that way. I mean, you talked about like getting rid of like the life skills and, and all that. I mean, one, it's a result of austerity, but it's also just kind of like, because I mean, if people knew how to do all of these things for themselves and had, you know, enough time to do them all for themselves, like the economy would just collapse because I mean, what else is there at this point? All the, almost every job I've ever had has been in like an industry where like you can kind of actually do that yourself, like working in restaurants and bars and like whatever. It's it's crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's like yeah, it it's it always is crazier to me once it starts to involve the body, like, and so that's why like surrogacy. Um, and like uh, organs like seems like even if you bring it up in like conversations with like the average person um, and you say like I think we should legalize organ markets like the average person is not going to be like yeah like that sounds great but it might be like a thing in you know 10 years. I 20. mean
0: I read the other day that the ninth uh largest export from the united states is well it's combined with vaccines so i'm not sure what it is on its own but it was vaccines and human blood or plasma uh because i mean plasma donation is a fixture among poor people in the United States, you go to any poor neighborhood in the United States and you're going to see a plasma donation center. They're all over my city, not in the rich people zip codes, (laughs) of course. Um, But I mean, especially if you're on like SSDI or if you're unemployed or working a minimum wage job, an extra $60 a week or whatever, giving plasma twice a week which isn't allowed in any other country (laughs) because it's terrible for your body to do that for long periods of time um i mean that keeps a roof over people's heads like we've like replaced the welfare state with like literal vampirism and so it doesn't like see but like a stretch that they'd be like oh you're already selling your blood why not sell your organs or sell your womb or um sell literally your child if you're using your own eggs so well
2: it's kind of like i think people keep falling into this idealism trap which like libertarians love like libertarians are like idealists but so we're like most of like the dsa woke like democratic socialists like they always fix it on an ideal of like a sexual interaction like oh what if this happens or um like this like giving blood is good like giving blood is good because it helps people or giving a kidney to someone to keep them alive is good but it's falling into the trap of letting that idealism completely ignore like material and economic reality of like what these industries and practices actually look like 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 my community, like in college, was like a college town. They recruit on there for plasma, and luckily I didn't do it because they won't my case do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but like a lot of my parents' friends also do it, and they already have like two jobs and a bunch of children. And I'm like, that sounds exhausting. Like, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, and I don't really know of like in Canada. I don't think it's big that like you. I don't think you can get paid for blood donations um like I think it's not legal but I'm not sure I'd have to double check um but most of it's like supposed to be like free but I have heard the sort of libertarian argument that if you want to increase like the supply like if you want more people to donate blood here then you should legalize it like that's kind of the Canadian libertarian or like you should make it more widespread to pay people to do it which is like it's always been a bit sus to me
0: i mean it'll work (laughs) i mean lots of people do it but it's not but
2: it's also like psychopathic like it's really just playing into this trap like these individuals would never do these acts because they're so self-involved they need a profit incentive to like care about people in their community and like their nation state like like I don't you don't see this in this like you see it with the COVID mass like if you go to japan they were never went into full lockdown but they still followed the rules because they still had some like connection to other people like here it's like the only way we're going to actually be considerate and like care for each other is with like massive or like minimal profit incentives in plays like it's just like this is not good
0: <laughs> well and to a certain extent I think that's kind of true i mean i've given i i used to get blood in high school for like free but it's mostly just to get out of class but like i mean i know people who give blood ultra altruistically because in the in the u.s you can donate plasma for money but you can't donate like whole blood or mm-hmm. uh, platelets um so there are some people who do will do it but i think i mean I don't think that you can deny that, like, people in the United States have a more individualist mindset than people in maybe some other, like, relatively similar countries. But I don't think that's because of, like, something congenital to being an American. I think it's because everything in this society says you are on your own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you have, like you are a lone individual and nobody's going to look out for you for yourself. So you better look out for yourself. And so, I mean, I can understand why people would be like, yeah, fuck you pay me for, for the plasma, you know? <laughs> um, because if you actually wind up needing that plasma at a hospital, you're going to have to pay for it you're gonna have to pay a lot of fucking money for it too so i mean it's not surprising that people have that attitude
1: Right. yeah guys we have we have went on this has been a great discussion um is there anything else you would like to add and also please let everyone know where you can be found
2: um, being gay is a choice. Not biscuit <laughs> 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 um, I don't have any other thoughts, but um, you can find me at Twink at Twink Rev Sam on Twitter and then Twink Rev in generals at Twink Rev on Twitter as well. And podcasts is on all good podcast apps. Um, yeah. <laughs>
0: um you can find me at gay liar online and you can find my writing on Twink grove
1: thanks everyone this was a very fascinating discussion um i hope that you all enjoyed it thank you sam and river for coming on and uh, we'll see you next time takes us.